welcome to this episode of Coach in Chaos. It has been a minute. I haven't submitted a, a new episode in a few days, and admittedly, it's been a crazy Christmas season. And we are home from holidaying. We went to San Diego with five of our six kids and just spent a few days on the beach, just perfectly happy, just sitting there watching the waves come in and no Christmas presents. That was our Christmas gift to our kids was to hit San Diego and spend a few days just relaxing and being with each other. And we had a few dips in the in the visit with one another because our kids are older and they have different thoughts on how things should be and and overall we were able to make it a successful time. It was truly wonderful and I came home and felt a little down because we drove our minivan there and it's a van that we've had for just a couple of years but I was thinking we've had a minivan since Alexandria was a newborn so 22 years not this one particular I think we're on our one our fourth minivan in 22 years and I thought you know what this was probably the last time that we would be taking a family trip in a minivan because while we were there our twins turned 18 and our youngest is almost 17 and my son who was with us um, he is 23 and Zan is 22 and I just thought this is probably the last time that we will be together in a minivan because in the coming year as our children have grown and and so much will change now that we have five adult children instead of three now that the twins are 18 it's just a little discouraging to be closing a chapter and I said these things to Jeff and he said but we have so many memories and wonderful times ahead of us and so looking ahead is what I am focusing on doing not looking behind me not reminiscing to the point that I feel remorse because at my age when you are entering into empty nesting it's it's a difficult time but Jeff reminded me to look forward to wonderful things ahead and I am practicing that because I'm not very good about it especially when our kids remind us of remember that time that you did this to us because we got in trouble and and you didn't believe me when I told you I didn't do it but it was really my sister that did it. Yeah, I feel guilty over those things that I messed up in those moments of parenting. And I wish there was a way to go back and redo some things. And I get caught on that and I feel incredible sadness and guilt that I could have done things differently. I wish so much that Facebook hadn't even entered in our, into our life because it it was such a fascinating thing and then we were consumed by that and it's been with us for over 10 years and I wish so much that I had better parenting skills I wish so much that I hadn't been so uptight and, and worried all the time about teaching my children the gospel and just taught them as moments came about and I wish so much I wish so much okay so stop it and I need to look forward just as Jeff says and I am right where I need to be in my life right now and I'm the person that I am right now 
that I need to be for my children, the learning that I have gained and the experience that I have obtained. I can use the shoulda, woulda, couldas to my advantage, right? So I pray that I can listen to the promptings of the Spirit and be a better parent and the best grandparent possible. We had a wonderful Christmas miracle. And 18 months ago, we picked up my daughter from her mission. And I can't believe she's been home that long. But while we were there, of course, there's just a handful of people that um, they want you to meet when you go pick them up from your mission and from their mission. And one of them was one of her converts. His name is Sam Johnson. And she taught him from beginning to baptism is how they say it and we had the fortunate opportunity to meet him and have lunch with him on the east coast and a few months later we saw that he had put in his mission papers and he was called to san diego and guess where we were at christmas we were in san diego so we reached out to him thankful for the social media for those kinds of purposes that we're able to find one another and reached out to him as an elder and asked if we could bring him some lunch. And it worked out that we were able to do that. So on Christmas day, we went to their apartment in El Cajon, California and met them in the parking lot and delivered them lunch and a pumpkin pie. And it was wonderful to talk to him and hear his testimony in Arabic because he is Arabic speaking in the San Diego mission. And he and his companion both gave wonderful testimonies. You could feel it in the way that they delivered it, that we couldn't understand what they were saying, but they delivered a beautiful testimony in Arabic. And they spoke with such confidence in this new language that neither one of them were, were fluent in before they came to their mission. But what was so wonderful was to have them take a picture with Alexandria, formerly known as Sister Reynolds. And she stood between those two elders and the one on her right was the one that she brought to the church and who is now serving his own mission and continuing the work and teaching the people in the Arabic language. And we had that wonderful opportunity to visit with him and see him on the West Coast. So it's amazing how the church will reunite us and bring us together and cross paths. And I want to share with you my reflections this morning about testimony. And as those young men are out sharing their testimony, I want to share with you the conference talk, I Testify by Ezra Taft Benson from October 1988. And I also want to share with you a little bit about my reading from uh, First Presidency Devotional from Christmas of December 2019 from President Russell M. Nelson. Wonderful things. And I want to wish you a wonderful new year, too. So President Benson says, I testify that throughout the ages, God has spoken to his children through his prophets. And it's only when his children reject the prophets 
that tragedy follows. And I was thinking this morning that I haven't done a podcast for a few days because discouragement begins to set in and how busy we've been in. And then um, just the fact that Satan enters into my mind and it delays my progress and it delays me from doing another episode. And I realized that I'm allowing Satan to enter in. And so when I'm back to reading my scriptures and listening to conference talks, that I feel strengthened and I feel renewed. And I hope that we can all enter into the new year strengthened and renewed. And Ezra Taft Benson says, I testify that God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph Smith in the spring of 1820, thus bringing an end to the night of apostasy. And then during the the course of several, over the course of several years, other heavenly beings appeared to him, such as John the Baptist, Peter, James, and John. Of course, we know about these heavenly messengers, even Moroni. And we are so thankful for those stories. But my son was saying that it wasn't until he was on his mission that he realized truly what a peculiar people we are. Being raised in Utah, you think that everybody thinks the same way that we live this church and yeah we know about joseph smith and the golden plates and we know that there was a visit from jesus christ and heavenly father and we just have this idea in our mind that that being in utah all these people around us who are members of the church have that knowledge they may not all believe but they all have that understanding but it's not until you leave a condensed area of members of the church that you realize how very much alone you are that your thoughts and your understandings of things pertaining to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is obscure and then trying to present that as a missionary to people who are completely ignorant in the subject of Mormonism is what it was formerly called and not that they're ignorant it's just trying to introduce them to the idea that God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph Smith and that the Book of Mormon was translated by golden plates through golden from golden plates and so all of those things can sound pretty peculiar and obscure but it is only when we pray with real intent as the Book of Mormon challenges us to at the very end in Mormon 9 through 10 7 it challenges us that we truly become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ and pray with real intent and find out if these words are true that that obscure feeling that these things are a little kind of out there you'll feel it in your heart that this world is really not a place that we dwell on our own that we do have a Heavenly Father and President Benson testifies that through the Book of Mormon God has provided this evidence that there is a Jesus Christ. And it's just that we need to find out of the truthfulness for ourselves. To speak and pray with a sincere heart, with real intent. Having faith in Christ. The power of Holy Ghost will testify these things to all of us if we seek them out. And this was what was kind of interesting to me. So I mentioned that this is taken from 1988 and 
where are we in their, our lifetime right now? It's year 2020. So 32 years ago, these words were spoken. He says, I testify that wickedness is rapidly expanding in every segment of our society. It is more highly organized, more cleverly disguised, and more powerfully promoted than ever before. Secret combinations lusting for power, gain, and glory are flourishing. A secret combination that seeks to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries is increasing its evil influence and control over America and the entire world. So these were spoken, these words spoken 32 years ago, and truly he is a prophet who can foresee our coming day where we are experiencing these things right now. He says, I testify that the church and kingdom of God is increasing in strength. Its numbers are growing, as is the faithfulness of its members. It has never been better organized or equipped to perform its divine mission. Well, it's all the more organized and prepared for our day and age. But he says, I testify also that the forces of evil increase under Lucifer's leadership. And as the forces of good increase under the leadership of Jesus Christ, there will be growing battles between the two until the final confrontation. He says, I testify that as forces of evil increase, that there will be growing battles between the two until the final confrontation. As the issues become clearer and more obvious, all mankind will eventually be required to align themselves either for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of devil. As these conflicts rage, either secretly or openly, the righteous will be tested. God's wrath will soon shake. It is time for us as members of the church to walk in all the ways of the Lord, to use our influence to make popular that which is sound and to make unpopular that which is unsound. We have scriptures, prophets, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now we need eyes that will see and ears that will hear and hearts that will hearken to God's direction. These are words from our prophet 32 years ago, and it is up to us to perform today in righteousness. And President Russell M. Nelson, our beloved prophet today, gives us wonderful reminders that we have been blessed with four gifts. One includes the gift of love, the capacity to love the unlovable. And those who are not only that do not love us back, but presently persecute and despitefully use us. But with the Savior's help, we can learn to love as he loved. And yet it will require a huge change of heart so that we can love after we seek for righteousness. It will require a certain softening of the heart. But as we ask for help to love, we can overcome and conquer the evil spirit that teaches us to hate. And to also forgive through his infinite atonement. You can forgive those who have hurt you 
and who may never accept responsibility for their cruelty to you. I've known people in my life who, I've had people in my life who, trying to point out the fact that they have hurt me deeply, they, they don't own it, they don't believe it. They reject my pleadings for reunification of, of kindness and, and family love and yet there will never be an ownership to how they've treated me. I've had to forgive. I've had to let go. And I've had to just trust in the atonement of Jesus Christ that one day all of these relationships will be healed. But it has required me to learn about forgiveness and to be forgiven if there has been something somewhere that I have done to hurt you. I want to know because I'm practicing my own ownership, how difficult it is for me to have realized I need to forgive when someone doesn't ask for forgiveness. They don't own up to anything that they have done. It is difficult. It is usually easy to forgive one who sincerely and humbly seeks your forgiveness, but the Savior will grant you the ability to forgive anyone who has mistreated you in any way then their hurtful acts can no longer canker your soul. So a third gift we have been given is that of repentance. And he says that through repentance, can we begin to see the breadth and depth of what the Lord is giving to us when he offers us the gift to repent. He invites us to change our minds, our knowledge, our spirit, even our breathing. For example, when we repent, we, re we breathe with gratitude to God who lends us breath from day to day and we desire to use the breath in serving Him and His children. And this is a resplendent gift. It is the process never to be feared. I've, I've heard people say, I can't go see the bishop, it's too scary. But it says right here, it's never to be feared. I think there's greater fear in not repenting. It is a gift for us to receive with joy and to use, even embrace, day after day as we seek to become more like our Savior. So the fourth gift that we have been given is of life everlasting. And he says, this doesn't really mean to live a really, really long time like he has. What is he, 96 years old? But we will have the opportunity to live forever after death, regardless of the kingdom or glory for which we qualify. Everyone will be resurrected and experience immortality, but eternal life is so much more than a designation of time. Eternal life is the kind and quality of life that Heavenly Father and His beloved Son live, that they live. I want to live that life with them. It was so difficult to be on beaches and look up at these enormous homes with these huge windows and gorgeous Christmas trees. And I think, what boat did I not get on to be able to live in that kind of luxury? Because I love the ocean and I love gazing out at the sea. But it's just on borrowed time as I have to make arrangements and travel from Utah to go and enjoy those few moments of that time spent there in an entire year. And there are people who get to look out at that every single day. And I think, oh, I was kind of gypped and I kind of get down on that a little bit. 
and think what kind of kingdom will those people qualify for that will be even better than that and I just cannot even imagine but we have been promised that those things are even greater than we can possibly realize and we need to have faith in that faith in the kingdoms that our father has promised us and I don't want castles I don't want kingdoms I want my family and I want to live very humbly and simply actually and I want to be somewhere where I can just gaze at palm trees and beaches that's not too much to ask for right so I will live the best life that I could possibly live right now living in gratitude and being thankful for all the gifts that he has given me in this life the Savior of the world is the greatest gift and so what do I need to do to appreciate these gifts and especially focusing daily on the most precious gift the Savior who was brought into this world to live so that I may know how to better live what is the key to loving as he loves forgiving as he forgives repenting to become more like him and ultimately living with him and our Heavenly Father President Nelson says the key is to make and keep sacred covenants we choose to live and progress on the Lord's covenant path and to stay on it. It is not a complicated way. It is the way to true joy in this life and eternal life beyond. So as I think and contemplate these things and think about the upcoming new year and make plans on how I can better serve my children and be faithful in delivering my message on my podcast and not worry about numbers, not worry about people listening, not worry about my children and the choices they may make or may not make, but just do this little tiny errand of the Lord that I have felt prompted to do. The tugging on my heart is something I cannot ignore and do the best that I can in everything that I do and remember to be honest in all of my dealings and I was remembering how much love I have for the temple and how much I miss being there. So I closed my eyes and I envisioned myself walking up to the temple recommend desk and presenting my recommend to a kind elderly gentleman who that's usually who it is, an elderly man checking my temple recommend and checking it twice and making sure that I qualified to enter past his desk. And then I envisioned myself walking down the long hall to the changing rooms and changing out of my everyday worldly clothes and putting on a white, clean, crisp dress. And yes, the thought goes into my head of, oh yeah, it feels snug around my waist. I need to lose weight. Oh my goodness. Let go of those things. Remember what it feels like to put on that dress. And remember what it feels like to present your name at the veil. And remember what it feels like to sit in the chapel and go through the motions in your mind of being in the temple and experiencing the temple as we know it in our minds closing my eyes and feeling the peace and reverence that I that I feel that I can't be in right now 
and I look forward to being there again, but I can envision it all in my mind. Going through the motions of being in the temple, the peace and reverence that I feel there, and the wonderful blessing of getting to be there and how hard I've worked every single day to earn to be there. I am thankful for that. I'm thankful that I get to have that knowledge in my mind of what it feels like to be in the temple. So I can't physically be there, but I can in my mind. So it was a wonderful thought, a wonderful process to go through in thinking about the temple. So I am grateful for this opportunity that I get to be here right now with you and sharing with you my testimony, my love for my savior, prophets of old and prophets today to share with you my Christmas miracle and watching my daughter stand between the two elders serving in San Diego and the one on her right being her own convert and what a blessing that was to see his work go forward. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coaching Chaos and may you have a blessed new year and that 2021 will be better than ever. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time on Coaching Chaos. I am Shari Reynolds.